0: So much, spent, And we're going to still be spending some more time in worship later on. Uh, But um, tonight, we're going to be, we've been looking at the story from Luke chapter 15. And the emphasis tonight, where we're going to, and the last two, the first night we looked at the younger son. Uh, And then yesterday we looked at the older brother, and tonight the emphasis was going to be looking at the father in the story. Uh, And when I think about just the worship session we've had, uh, I've just sensed in my spirit, it's just God's way of almost beginning to bring also freshness and a fresh revelation of our Father's heart. My prayer for tonight's session has been not just to talk about the Father, but that we all will experience the Father. That we will know the Father's love afresh. We will catch a fresh revelation of the Father's heart. That we will get an experience of the Father that is new and fresh and refreshing, that there will be something of the heart of the Father that will be impressed upon each one of us, that every one of us will walk away from this place tonight with a sense and an assurance in their heart that they have been in the presence of the Heavenly Father. And whatever of the Father that we have known and understood and experienced before tonight, that there will just be another step, another deeper meaning and impact and understanding for each one of us. But not just that the Father will come and we will experience Him because the experience of the Father is for a purpose. And when we come into the presence of our Father, it lifts us with a blessing And it is every father's heart delight to be able to bless their children. We've just had the privilege, myself and Tyler, to spend most of today with Simi in York. And it was our delight to take him into a restaurant and spend on him, take him into the shop and like, take anything you want, you know, pick up the ice cream, you know. And he's like, oh, you spent too much money. No, 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 don't worry. It's, It's not every day I get the opportunity to come and spend the day with you in York. Just, just, just. Just take what you want. (laughs) And none of that felt like a chore. You know, all of that was just a delight. Just to be able to express our love. Just to be able to express our affection. Just to be able to reassure him of that commitment. And just to be able to leave him with something of a linger of our love, our commitment, our affection for him. And walking away from that moment and just wanting to live a memory that just lingers on, that just hopefully gives him something of our heart for him and just how much we love, we appreciate him and we just want to lavish that love upon him unended. And that's my prayer tonight, that as we as we come together tonight, as we, as we bring in this whole session to a close, that the Father will visit us in a tangible way. And for each one of us, whatever or wherever we may be, that there will be something significant of God that will happen to us tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, so when we look at that story, like I said, we're going to focus on the Father. But before we we, we talk and begin to really pray and and pray, we're going to be spending time praying for one another tonight. Um, I know, yes, we're aware of of the concerns about the, you know, the coronavirus and the hygiene and all of that, but and even, though we, even if we can lay hands on you, God's hands is upon you, there still can be an impartation of the Spirit and of the power and of the presence of God. And we're going to be trusting God as we pray for one another, as we fellowship with one another, there will be something of God that will be impacted to one another. I've asked Sam to just share very briefly uh, just uh, um, some of an experience of, his, of of the Father's heart, just to give us a, a flavor of, uh, of what we're going to be looking at tonight. So I'm just going to hand over to
1: him. Yeah. Hey, family. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the last term's been a really interesting one. Um, I went to a conference called Revive Europe this Christmas where they were talking about the first five chapters of Acts. And something that gripped my heart from the week was we were looking at Acts 3, where Peter and John are on their way to pray at the temple, and they go past the gate called Beautiful. And there's this lame beggar there who's been crying out every day. And and that day, the Spirit of the Lord tells Peter and John to stop and pray for this guy. And they see him healed, and 2,000 people come to faith. But the thing that gripped me was the fact that this was a journey they'd make every single day. They'd seen this guy time and time again, praying three times a day. And yet this day, the Spirit says, stop and pray for him. And I thought, take that to our context. I'm walking to my lectures every single day doing the same thing. And then the Holy Spirit says one day, stop. And I was there thinking, I want to be available when the Holy Spirit says that. And so with that whole kind of idea of busyness and hurry, I thought, actually, the times when I'm feeling busy and in a hurry is the times when I fill my life with doing good stuff that God hasn't necessarily asked me to do. And so that kind of coming back from Christmas, I was like, okay, God, I don't want to settle for less than you have for me. I don't want to say yes to stuff unless it's what you've called me to do. And then God really took me to the test on that throughout the term. And day by day, as I began to be like, Lord, show me what you're doing this day. God just began to open doors to see him moving the supernatural with some crazy encounters with people. And it just made me reflect, actually, so often I can find myself doing my own thing. But the results are always limited to my own ability when I'm doing my own thing. But then we find ourselves caught up in what God's already doing. It then becomes about his ability and what he's capable of. And so that's gripped my heart. And as I've seen that, my heart yearns for more and more of those things of just focusing less on what I can do. But being caught up in what God is already doing and having that eternal perspective and the father's perspective on the world and just that freedom of seeing that we serve a God who is far, far bigger and is already on the move.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good things are good, but God things are much better. Because when we're doing good things, we're doing things to the best of our ability. But when we're doing God things, we're doing it to His ability. It is not us who is at work, but God is at work in and through us. And the outcome and the possibility of where that work can go is far beyond anything that you and I could comprehend. Like Although It's like the word our sister brought and says, you know, God has placed a huge thing before us. And we're looking at it and thinking, we can't do it. Yes, we can't do it. But if that's what God is doing, God can do it. But in doing what God wants to do, God wants to share that journey and that adventure with us, And if you remember yesterday, we focused on perspective. And as we've looked at the younger son and the older son, it's all about their perspective. And the father's heart, at the heart of all that the father wants to do, as I look at this story, he wants to bring them from a place where they come away from their own perspective and they embrace the perspective of their father. And in that place where they become in tuned and focused on their father's perspective, they enter into the fullness of the inheritance that their father has for them. So whether it be the youngest son or the oldest son, they know the joy of being in their father's house. They know the privilege of being a son in their father's house. They know the authority, they know the provisions, they know the purpose they know the joy and they know all that the Father's made available for them because they have laid hold of that heavenly perspective. And suddenly, the mundane and the ordinariness of life takes off a new supernatural experience because it is no longer we just doing our thing. God is now at work within us and is beginning to do His thing. And if the desire of our heart and the yearning of our heart It's for God's revival. Then we all know that we cannot manipulate or generate revival. But when the Spirit of the Lord begins to revive our heart and begin to revive the heart of our community and of our nation, we will see an outpouring of the Spirit that is beyond anything we could ever imagine or manipulate or make to happen. And the Bible tells us that every one of us who has received it, He has given us power to become us children. The children of God are born into the power of God. Scripture is very, very clear. In order to live as sons and daughters of God, you need a measure of power and authority to enable you to exercise and express and live out the expression of what God has called you to. But scriptures encourages us when He calls us. When He makes us His children. He empowers us to be His children. And like the passage you read, it says, the world might not know us. But that's because they don't know Him. But for those of us who have known Him, we know the power of His resurrection that is now at work within us. And through the power at work within us, we can begin to live out the purposes and the pleasures of God who has called us. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that He will destroy the works of the evil, that we being renewed and released, we can live a holy and a righteous life because we have received the power and the working of the Spirit within us. So everything that God does is to enable us to live out His purposes for us. Is to enable us to become the sons and the daughters that he has desired, that he has proposed from the beginning of age. That we will be the full expression of all of his glory. And scripture says Jesus has become the firstborn among many brethren. Because he is still revealing, he is still showing forth. The Bible says, as we behold him, we are changed, we are transformed, we come to the same level of glory. The design, the heart of our God, as he draws us to himself, is to express himself more and more and more and more in our hearts. So this heart of this father, and as we see in this story, is so invested in seeing his children. Coming into the fullness of all that he has for them. To the youngest son, he says, you're dead, but now you're made alive. You were lost, but now you're found. And this calls for great celebration. And to the older brother, he's saying, everything I've got is yours. Everything I have is yours. You have the right to exercise or everything that I have, because it is yours. Coming, come out from the cold, come out from this place of resentment and anger and anguish and lack of joy and intimacy. And this feeling of being used and abused and not validated, coming to a place of rejoicing and celebration and be a facilitator of the desires and the purposes of God. You should be leading this celebration. You should be the one heralding this redemptive walk of your fathers. You should be the one championing it and cheerleading this process. Not cut off and lost out by the enemy. Come along. Join the celebration. Join the party. God wants to restore the joy in our hearts of being his children. Knowing the joy of being a father's son, a father's daughter. Being able to look into the eyes of the one who created the universe. So beautiful, so marvelous, so undescribable the power, the, the ultimateness of this and realize that all of these things he's called us to share in the glory of them and that this is the desire of his heart for each one of us as we become part of his family. But not just that we experience that as sons and daughters of God, but ultimately we become in our lives and in our disposition An example of who the Father is. The Bible says, as he, Jesus says, as the Father has called me, so I call you. As he has sent me, so I send you. I send you as a representative of the Father. You take my heart. You take the Father's heart. You take the Father's love. You become an expression of the Father. That you're not just the oldest son or the youngest son. You are an expression of the Father. The unrelenting love the love that seeks, the love that pursues, the love that enables, enlightens, the love that shares the revelation of the heart of God, until the sons and the daughters of God are restored into the kingdom and living out the fullness of the desire of God for them. And that's the ultimate call of God on each one of us, that as he walks in our hearts As he undones all the work that holds us back, ultimately, it brings us into a place where we can reflect our Father's heart, where we can become fathers in his house, where you and I can be the one welcoming the younger sons and the older sons and bringing them to restoration, where we can be now going out into the field, into the nations, and demonstrating and showing the love of our Heavenly Father. That the world can see that they have a father who is desperately and passionately in love with them and wants to restore them back and bring them to the fulfillment of all that he has for them. And when we come to that place, where we rediscover the joy of loving him. The joy of walking with him. The joy of knowing him. It begins to restore for us all that the enemy has stolen, all that sin has robbed us of, all that the flesh has robbed us of. Through the working of the Spirit in our hearts, there is now a restoration. The manifestation of the fruits of the Spirit becomes abundance. It goes from a 30-fold to a 60-fold to a 100-fold. We're just bursting in fruitfulness because of the work of the Spirit in our hearts. And the more we give, the more we just pour. The more we give, the more we receive. And it just becomes a continuous process. He pours into us. We pour out constantly. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And that's why we can love unconditionally, because it is not our love. It's the love that He pours in our hearts. We just become a conduit where as He pours that love in our hearts, we release the love out. And the more He pours His love in our hearts, the more we release that love out. And the Bible says that's the work of the Spirit in us. That work of the Spirit. I said to people, there is no better people to look after the downtrodden and the marginalized than the people of God. Because the unconditional love of God is already poured in our heart. We don't need to struggle. The Spirit pours it into our heart. When we make ourselves a conduit, when we free the passage, that there is no obstruction, that there is no damning to the flow of the love of God, it just seeps out, He just works. And the Bible says the Spirit within us is quickening that. There is a living water. It's just busting forth. And that living water does not just refresh you, it strengthens you to go out and to do great and wonderful things for God. You not just drink that water and find satisfaction for yourself, but you find the strength to go out and pour that out and to be a blessing to our generation and to the ones we come in contact with. And ultimately, that is what the story is about. It's about helping us to see just how much the Father loves us and how much He wants to produce His life within us. And that we got to such a place where we become so desperate that nothing short of this fullness is what we want. That when we are distracted by the flesh or by the sin and we find ourselves away from our father, wasting away in a farer place, we come back to our senses and say, how many servants in my father's house have a better existence than this? I'm not staying here, I'm getting up, I'm going back to my father. That nothing draws us away from the presence of the Father because we have seen, we have tasted, and we know the blessing of being in our Father's house. The psalmist says a day in his presence is better than thousands elsewhere. That's the joy of knowing the Father. It says just to come into your presence, to behold your beauty, to gaze upon his loveliness. I would rather be a doorkeeper in my Father's house because he knows what it means to be removed from that. He knows what it means to lose the essence of that father's relationship. And he says, nothing is better than that. Nothing will rob me of that. I will give everything in my life to bring myself to that place. And that's getting the perspective of heaven because ultimately when we lay hold of that perspective of God, it does something in our heart. Does it give us a life of peace? Not at all. Does it mean there will not be challenges? Far from it. You know, as we were worshiping tonight, you know, I was reminded of the disciples with Jesus in that boat and the storms was raging. And they were putting all their skills and just, it looked like, no, it's not going to work. All their sailing skills was failing them flat and their heart was failing them because they're thinking this is the end. And the Bible says Jesus is sleeping in the boat. In the midst of all of that stuff, is sleeping in the boat. He may be sleeping, but he's still with them in the boat, though. Because he's with them in the boat, it makes all the difference. And sometimes, in the context of our life, it's like Jesus is just sleeping in this boat, but hey, he's in the boat. It may look like he's sleeping, and the storm is raging. But the difference is I'd rather have a sleeping Jesus in my boat than being out in the boat by myself. Because when I come to the hand of myself, it stands up and says, peace, but still. And ultimately, it will come through for us. And that's the joy of being in our Father's house. Because life will bring its challenges. The Bible says the wind will come, the storms will come. It will rage As long as we are on this side of eternity, we cannot escape the consequences of the fallen man. But that's why it gives us this place of rest and this place of peace and this place of knowing that he can hold us and that he can bring us and carry us through. That no matter what life brings across our path, we know that there is one who works with us. Our Father's love is assured and he will walk with us and bring us through no matter the cost of what life may bring across our path. And that is a blessed assurance. That is a blessed assurance, knowing that Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Jesus is mine. It's a blessed assurance in my heart. Challenges will come. Life will come. But in the midst of all of this, there is the blessed assurance. There is that anchor. He says, we have an anchor that keeps our soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. fast to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. That's the place he wants us to be. And that's the place when we are resting in the Father's perspective. And so again tonight, the things that can rob us of being able to abide in that place is when we lose the perspective of heaven. And that's why the encouragement this weekend is let's be quick to repent. Let's be quick to recognize when we miss the perspective to bow down, lay down and cry to God and say, Lord, bring me back, restore me back, give me your perspective. Don't let me drift away. Draw me back, Lord. Chastise me. Rebuke me. Whatever it takes, Lord. But let me not depart from the path that you have ordained for me. Because in the path that you have ordained for me, that is where my blessing and your glory lies. The Bible says those who is planted in the courts of God will flourish in the place of their planting. And the Father's heart is that we are planted in His house. And there we can flourish and come to the essence of all that he wants for us. So tonight, we're just going to pray. You know, as I was thinking about this meeting, I really had a real burden upon my heart that God wants to restore joy to our hearts. And I don't know where you are in your walk with God. I don't know what the circumstances of your life today is. But the Lord wants to do something. And oftentimes when God does things, it sheds a light and it gives us a revelation of something of the heart of the Father. That's, like, that's why I love that story, Sam Broth, where God just brings something alive in you and once that comes alive in you, it sets up a trail of things that just begins to transform and lead you into a different place. And that's the equivalent of you coming back to your senses. Because once you come back to your senses, you come to a place where God can now begin to do what he wants to do in your heart, and in your life. For some of us, that will be instantaneous. But for many of us, that will be a process. It's just the beginning, but it's the beginning of the process. It's the beginning of a different path. It's the beginning of recovery, of restoration. It's the beginning of coming into the fullness of all that God has for us. But in the moment, God does that work. In the moment, the anointing of God makes that difference. And I'm trusting God tonight that in the moment, the Spirit is going to come. And it's going to ignite that fire that will then light your path and you will be able to find your way to whatever it is God wants to bring you into. That is going to set you ablaze again that the joy of fellowship the joy of intimacy, the joy of pursuit of spiritual discipline will be reignited in your heart again. And in that place of revelation, you will come into the fullness of what God is trying to say. That in that place of revelation, the confusion and the lack of sense of peace and direction of what God is saying will go. Like he shared with us, you will suddenly discover that each division and there will be a clarity Because you are now in a place where the light of his gospel is dispelling every darkness. The Bible says, it's light shines in darkness. And darkness cannot comprehend it. But that starts with a moment. That's that's with a spark of his spirit. And that's what I believe the Lord wants to do with us tonight. And where there has been terror and anxiety and things that have just bound us mentally and kept us in chains, The ease of God will come into that. The Bible says that he's bound in Gilead. And that soothingness, that sense of being suited, that sense of just being oiled, that takes away the friction, that takes away the, the, the friction and the difficulty and the challenge. You just know an easing and just, 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 just sort of greasing that just begins to give you the necessary movement that you need to just begin to find yourself away from that place of stuckness. Where it's like the wheels have just refused to move, but suddenly there is an oil of gladness come upon those springs and those bearings, and then suddenly there is movement where there's been stuckness. And God just begins to gradually ease you and bring you back into the place that is prepared for you. we just prepare our hearts as we get ready for that. If the band will come up in a moment, Tyra, will you just come? I'm just going to get Tyra to lead us in the song just to prepare our hearts for this time of ministry. I want members of the ministries who are here, let's get ready. The next couple of time that we have before the end of this meeting, we're just going to be praying for one another. I want you to pray to God and, and do business with God. But if you're here tonight, you feel you would like somebody to do that with you as well, please just Just feel free and come. But let's really trust and believe, God, that tonight will be a moment for each one of us, that there is going to be a Holy Spirit moment for each one of us that releases us into the destiny of all that God has for us.
2: Shepherd of our soul, we give you full control. To listen to your voice Wherever you may lead Help us go Be it in the quiet pasture Or by a gentle stream The Will be our guide. Should we face a mighty mountain or a valley dark and deep, the shepherd of our soul will be our guide. You're the shepherd. Listen to your voice Wherever you may lead Help us go Be it in the quiet pasture Soul will be our guide. Should we face a mighty mountain or a valley dark and deep, the We give you full control wherever you may lead. Help us go.
0: Yes, Father Lord, that's the crowd I had tonight, Lord. You are the good shepherd, and you lead your sheep to pasture, Lord. So Father, we just ask tonight, right now, Lord, will you come, the Holy Spirit, and meet with us in a miraculous way. Lord, we long for the power of your Spirit to do a new and miraculous work in our lives. We'll lift up every situation and circumstance as we begin to pray and we begin to minister to one another. Now, Lord, will you just come? Will you just come and meet with us, Lord? Meet with us tonight, Lord in a way that only you can. If that's you tonight and you would just want to respond to that word, I believe tonight is a a night of response.